Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. You're listening to Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIPC. Carl! Carl, what's going on? What do you mean, what's going on? I, I feel like I'm having... Damn it, I'm having a Rob moment. I'm, I'm so frustrated. I'm annoyed. <laughs> this isn't the way to start the show. This is bad juju. <laughs> I got to balance this freaking microphone in, in the microphone array because it's falling out of its holster. <laughs> I'm having to fondle with the microphone <laughs> adapter or the headphone adapter I should say just to get just to get audio through my headphones what's what's going on Carl why is the studio falling apart we have an engineering department we don't we have a well staffed engineering department they actually pay a decent amount of money we have multiple engineers but, this is radio. but nothing works <laughs> yes but we have the engineers we have the staff we're not missing the staff But I'm thankful we're here, and to the limited capacity, my audio is working through my headphones. It is working sufficiently enough that I can continue, at least modestly, with the broadcast. Yeah, you sound good, just don't... Pull the microphone out of the holster. Well, it's not the microphone, too. It's the it's the uh, headphone jack. The, the whole oh, thing okay. is screwed. But I'm thankful to be here. Let's keep on theme, Producer Carl, because this is, after all, the wait- weekend after Thanksgiving Day. Wonderful holiday. All, you know, uh, Excellent time to spend uh, with your family, with your friends, eat good foods. Uh, what, what kind of good eats did you have uh, this year, Producer Carl? Oh, the traditional. Thank, uh, turkey, excellent. mashed potatoes, gravy, cranberry. All the wonderful stuff that most Americans love. So did you have a home-cooked meal, or were you eating out? Uh, no, we um, we hosted. My wife and I hosted, nice. and the family uh, brought over the food. So that well, was the trade-off. Although my wife did make a couple things. I'm sure she's listening. Family good cooks, at least? Oh, well, oh, they're, well they're I'm not. Yeah, they're all <laughs> Don't good. want to get you in trouble. No, they're all good cooks except myself. <laughs> okay. So I stay away from there the kitchen. There we go. Well, see, we, we, we had out this year. Um, it was just a small affair with me and my family. And I'll, I'll keep it quasi-anonymous here because it's so hard to please the family on the holidays, producer Carl. I try. It was specifically requested. We're not going to do Cracker Barrel this year. Now, my, well, look, I'm fine with Cracker Barrel. Usually the family wants to keep it relatively simple for Thanksgiving. Cracker Barrel is good enough for me. But this year it was requested. We're not, we're not going to do that. We're going to have some better food. And I was asked to come up with multiple options for Thanksgiving feast. One of them being Gray Brothers Cafeteria out in Mooresville. But I was warned ahead of time that this this place may have a line wrapped around the building because it's so popular. Now, I thought maybe if we came early that we could avoid the line. But, you know, I, I warned the family ahead of time. There may be a line here because they don't like wait, waiting in lines. Won't do the lines. But we decided to go to uh, Great Brothers Cafeteria anyway. Naturally, there was a line even like 12 o'clock in the afternoon, I think, is when we showed up. Fortunately, other restaurants were available. I think we, we oh, no, not I think, we ultimately ended up dining out at Weber Grill. And it still wasn't satisfactory. Like, this was a decent Thanksgiving meal, Carl. It had You had tur- sliced turkey and gravy. You had an uh, option of mashed potatoes or mashed sweet potatoes. Uh, you had the stuffing. You had the cranberry sauce. Um, it, 
you know, it was a good spread. You had your dinner rolls for uh, $39.99 plus tax. Is that unreasonable, Producer Carl? Is that an unreasonable? That's very affordable. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's very affordable. For how many? For two. For two. Oh, okay. No, that's... So per person, $39.99. You know, so that was like 80 bucks plus tax, rounding out to 100 with your tip. That's not bad for a Thanksgiving meal. Pitched a fit. Oh, well, we can't be eating out. That's too expensive. Get, you know, got to cook next year. So it's like, well... You can't win. <sighs> can't win, producer Carl, but I'm thankful that we're here and thankful we made it through the holidays and thankful we get to try again next year. Uh, thankful we made it through relatively unscathed because, of course, the Biden administration, not at all t- on top of national security. John Kirby, you know, just kind of guessing that things would be OK for Thanksgiving. Fortunately, he was right. But, you know, it's a little worrying that the administration isn't more on top of that. John, I was just curious. You mentioned Hamas still determined to try to carry out these of terrorist attack abroad this Thanksgiving week. Is there any elevated risk of terror attacks here at home? And are, is the White House or NSC doing anything specific? Because of the holiday week, most people obviously kind of check out in D.C. I'm just curious. Are you staffing up in a difference because of the terror threat? We're not tracking any specific credible threat uh, here at home um, over the holiday. That said, I think you can understand we, we're going to be as vigilant as we have been since this conflict began. Well, of course they're not tracking any credible threat over the holiday because they're not tracking the people coming across the border. How many thousands of gotaways do they have? How many hundreds of those were on the terrorist watch list, potentially just roaming the nation free, and the administration has no ability to track it? The Israeli government also wasn't aware or tracking any threat before their terrorist attack, so it doesn't do me any, any confidence to say that the uh, administration is doing uh, 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 what what they've already done. Like the, what you've already done isn't enough. Now, fortunately, no attacks have followed through. Uh, but there were other miserable, miserable miscreants. Man, this this audio is just really frustrating me because it's it, it's it. Screwing with the vibe. Anyway, um, but there were other miscreants about on uh, the Macy's Day parade just making a miserable mockery of themselves. Protesters for Palestine stopping the Sinclair oil parade. when the crowd turns against them you can audibly hear it the reaction and yeah these are families out to enjoy the day and not be preached at by these purple-haired morons gluing their hands to the pavement fortunately and in a rare uh, occasion of justice these people were quickly escorted away and arrested by the police of course making their final stand bad boys bad boys what you gonna do what you gonna do when they come for you? We're here at the Macy's Day Parade and we're being arrested. Well, we're war criminals. 
mental illness is a political identity and always has been. It just puts a smile on my face that finally, in a rare change, these people were quickly escorted away. You know, usually, Carl, they just let these people uh, glue themselves to the pavement for hours and hold up your day. I I guess that's the difference. This was a city event and not just holding up your commute. If it was your commute, screw you. But, you know, the city put on this parade. We need the tourist income, especially because uh, uh, the budget is getting cut. So no uh, no room for nonsense this year. Finally, rounding out our Thanksgiving Day segment, uh, Donald Trump offered his words, a surprisingly uh, united message for Thanksgiving. We all share the same same heart, the same home, and the same glorious destiny. And we are all bound together by the common bonds of love, loyalty, and affection that make our country into a wonderful home. Together, we give thanks for the loved ones who grace our lives and for the heroes who protect our nation. And we ask for God's continued blessings on this magnificent land. We're very, very happy on this Thanksgiving Day. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, to 93 WIBC Saturday night on The Circle. Up next, we'll tell you the surprising reason uh, Jamal Bowman, congressman, believes that Biden is losing uh, among black Americans, uh, losing support among black Americans. Also, later in the show, we'll have uh, uh, newsman Donnie to talk about a post-Thanksgiving holiday event many might not be aware of, but is important to note. And also, uh, producer and writer Brian Baker, coming on the show and he's going to tell us a little bit more about the end of the Hollywood strike and how the system has rebounded. Don't miss a moment of that on the show coming up. Carry on my wayward son There'll be peace when you are done Lay your weary head to rest This is Saturday Night on The Circle on 93 WIPC Welcome back to Saturday Night in the Circle. This segment, I'll tell you why Representative Jamal Bowman believes Biden is losing support among black Americans. Also, things falling apart as the chickens come home to roost and Democrats face the consequences of their own policy decisions. But before we dive into that, quick round of applause for producer Carl, the problem solver who managed to fix my audio headphone issue. We just needed a new audio jack. Sometimes it's a little complicated. A simple fix like that, and we're back to the smooth flow of this excellent Saturday night program. Thanks to producer Carl. Just trying to help out. We appreciate that. Okay, so Jamal Bowman, he's got a shockingly insulting outlook on why Joe Biden is losing support among black Americans. Doesn't have anything to do with the economic outlook, you see. Rather, it's because Joe Biden's not offering enough handouts. People of color have been turned off for a while because of lack of comprehensive immigration reform, if you're talking about the Latino community, and no conversation at all about reparations if you're talking about the black community. <laughs> but we're sending hundreds of billions, spending hundreds of billions of dollars every year on <laughs> weapons and war, but we can't even have a conversation about reparations? Money, please. Oh, no, no, there's no money. Oh, <laughs> oh okay. that's fine. Um, I'll just destroy this office. Oh, hey! <laughs> Money, please! 
need money. Ben, give her some money. It's easier. That's all Representative Bowman's out after is a hand. Reparations, the reason why the administration doesn't discuss it, not only is because the policy is moronic, but that would never stop the Biden administration. No, no, no. Not only is it moronic, but it's also massively unpopular. They just tried that in California. Nobody was satisfied. It was a loser for Gov- Gov- uh, Governor Gavin Newsom, and they had to drop it uh, uh, drop it like a hot potato because it was just a stinker of a policy. But Jamal Bowman also touching on the immigration crisis and its negative impact on minority communities across America. And isn't that interesting that it's this overwhelming illegal immigration that Democrats have supported and invited by fostering these sanctuary cities, but now they are forced to deal with the fallout of their own policy, and it's losing support among their own voter base because it's a handout-based economy when you are a Democrat supporter, and now the chickens are coming home to roost, and they're facing the consequences of their own disastrous policy positions, the unpopularity of which was noted by Fox 5 reporting on this Queens neighborhood who is upset that now all the the illegal migrants are taking away their free food giveaways. In one neighborhood in Queens between NYCHA tenants and newly arrived migrants. Tensions are growing with not enough food to go around. Why do we have to take the butt of everything? Okay, this community here is already suffering. The residents living in NYCHA's Queensbridge houses look forward to the mobile food pantries that show up weekly. But over the past year, they have witnessed 8,000 migrants move into their neighborhood, and they have also noticed the migrants are also starting to take their stuff. They was first online for the turkeys this morning. If they tell you to be there at 11 o'clock, you get there like 10.30, 10.45, but they already out there. The line is from over there to over here. Free food giveaways, especially during the holidays, have become a source of tension between longtime New Yorkers struggling to get by and newly arrived migrants who are using the system to survive. Let's get nuts. So you got competition for the free food giveaways now, and they're just not used to that. They're used to rolling up to the 11 o'clock free food at, you know, maybe 1030. That's really pushing it. Maybe 1045. But these people, they must have lined up hours before, and now they're squeezing out the residents who have lived there for years from the giveaways in the New York community. And this is a problem that the uh, city council members are trying to address. Uh, they, They get more free giveaways but this is starting to come to an end because the budget strain on the New York on New York City caused by this wave of illegal migration and so although they got an extra $50,000 to go around this Thanksgiving that's probably coming to an end since they had to cut city services like the post office and the libraries and the police and transit to help support the infrastructure to make this sanctuary city possible and punish the taxpayer residents of New York. A month ago, one altercation got so heated between a resident and a migrant, someone ended up in the hospital. We would never turn anyone away for a meal, but there simply just is not enough for both NYCHA residents and the migrant shelter residents. Look, here comes a consequence, 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 consequences of my actions chasing me right now. I don't want no consequence, consequence, consequence. I don't want no consequences chasing me right now. Someone take this consequence, consequence, consequence. Someone take this consequence and chasing me right now. 
Councilmember Julie Wan says she alerted the mayor to the growing tension in her community and was able to get $50,000 to increase the number of hot meals served inside NYCHA's. But she's concerned the mayor's new budget cuts will only put further stress on a community already living in scarcity. People are going hungry right now. People are frustrated with not having enough to eat, not having heat and hot water in their shelters or in their houses in NYCHA. And people want to make sure that they just have our, their basic needs met like any human would anywhere. And that's what's causing the tension. And we're going to see what happens tomorrow. That's when the Reese family and council member Juan are putting together a fall family feast equipped to serve 2,000 people. We're going to see how far the resources can stretch. Oh, no. What? What happened? What ha oh no, how terrible. That's just, that's just awful. How terrible. Oh no. So Democrats are trying to court in the open this new class of permanent, uh, un permanent underclass of citizens that they want to make their voting base. And in so doing, angering the current group of citizens whom they, they already support through these government handouts. So this is a problem for Democrats coming up in an election year and in a city which in addition to the budget cuts, producer Carl, have you heard of the personal scandal that has caught up Mayor Eric Adams? No, I'm not talking about his federal election, uh, uh, federal campaign election uh, finance violations uh, because he alleged, allegedly illegally accepted uh, uh, campaign contributions from the Turkish government. No, no, no. This is something else going on in the life of Eric Adams. Have you heard of this? No, I missed that because I was going to talk about turkey ah. <laughs> and not not the thanksgiving turkey ah. i didn't even think of that there's the thanksgiving tie-in uh, his Ill illegal uh, contributions from uh, turkey no no, no, that's not what I'm talking about. He is being sued now, um, sued for sexually assaulting a woman in 1993, and the accuser wants $5 million. So basically, the same thing that happened to Donald Trump now happening to Mayor Eric Adams, who at the time, all the way back in uh, 1993, was a New York uh, Police Department officer um, at the time of the filing. And the, uh, the plaintiff claims she was sexually assaulted by the defendant uh, in 1993 while they both work for the city of New York and alleges sexual assault, battery, and employment discrimination on the basis of the plaintiff's gender and sex, retaliation, hostile work environment, and intentional affliction of emotional distress. Obviously, this is just kicking off, so we don't know where it will end, but on top of so many things going wrong in the career of Mayor Eric Adams, like shucks golly, it's not looking good. I'll bet he gets sniped in the le next uh, mayoral election. Yeah, just cue up that uh, clown music again. Oh, yes. Yeah, no <laughs> kidding. Uh, we definitely live in clown world. If I, yep. <laughs> Stay tuned to 93 WIBC. We got a lot more sound coming up next, including our geriatric executive in the Oval Office continues to flounder and falter on the national stage. Multiple instances of him completely losing his mind or saying something baffling and inexplicable. So we'll dive through that in the next segment on Saturday night on The Circle for another edition of Hat Tricks with Hatcher. Stay tuned. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night on the Circle podcast. Be sure to catch us live every Saturday night from 7 to 9 Eastern on 93 WIBC Indianapolis and watch us on the YouTube live stream where you can comment live with other fans. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Saturday night on the circle on 93 WIBC. Welcome back to Saturday night on the circle where this week we'll spotlight the faltering executive in the Oval Office uh, as he ineptly waltzes across the stage of American politics with the grace of an epileptic gazelle. Before pardoning two turkeys, he loses his train of thought, with, which rapidly went off the rails as he foggily made the pre-Thanksgiving speech, recalling a similar event of lacking lucidity. We'll cap it off this segment with uh, some insightful observations that will be ignored by the ideologically driven administration, but not by this astute audience for this week's edition of Hat Tricks with Hatcher. Ah. It's time for another one of Hatcher's Hat Tricks. The story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. You're listening to Saturday Night on the Circle, where producer Carl is beep, 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 pushing the buttons and doing the things to make the show function. I, of course, am your behatted curmudgeon, Ethan Hatcher. Thanks for listening to the show. This week, we're going to play a game, ladies and gentlemen. Producer Carl, I want you to join in. What the hell is Joe Biden saying? Now, let's let's uh, provide the context for this event. He's at the Thanksgiving Day pardon. He's pardoning two turkeys, uh, Liberty and Bell. Haha. Um, for the event, and he goes on this tangent. Let's see if we can figure out what he's trying to say. Now, just to get here, Liberty and Bell had to beat some tough odds in competition. They had to work hard to show patience and be willing to travel over a thousand miles. You could say even this harder than getting a, a ticket to the Renaissance tour or 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 Britney's tour. She's down in. It's kind of warm in Brazil right now. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. What's... What's he talking about, producer Carl? Do we have any idea? Like, what? What's the connection? What? <laughs> we we are not the first to try to translate what he said on Thanksgiving. Um, the from what I recall hearing is that he was talking. He was trying to talk about Taylor Swift, but he said Britney Spears. So that's what he has on his mind. Those two people aren't, aren't even remotely <laughs> the same. They're not even the same age or from the same generation. He's just thinking He's random pop his blonde. Yeah, just pop blonde, and Taylor Swift is in South Gee. America. That's why he was oh, like, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, so, so there was a connection there. There but... was a connection, yeah. <laughs> but... There was another moment where he was talking, I guess, about the turkeys and claimed they sang happy birthday to him. Or, well, that's that's not quite what he said. Here's what he actually said. And by the way, I, it's my birthday today, and they can actually sing birthday to There we go. I just want you to know it's difficult turning 60. <laughs> difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, ha, ha. 
And I thought my jokes were bad. Turning 60, hearty har har. But but so so what he said, they can actually sang birthday to me. That is almost as bad as the unforgettable happy birthday velvet. On somebody's birthday, sing happy birthday. You ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Valvet. <laughs> completely forgets <laughs> oh this was that uh martin luther king day uh celebration he completely just blanks on the name of the person whose birthday they were celebrating which is a, a classic bidenism but whether he's getting lost and mixing up britney spears and taylor swift or they can sing happy birthday to me or forgetting who he's singing to uh he also claims that middle eastern peace is being thwarted because those bad actors in syria and iran are just trying to stop biden and his train his train across the middle east yeah, yeah, Carl's laughing in the background because he knows this isn't the first time Biden has been obsessed but, with train. Yeah, but his train was across the Indian Ocean, right? Well, there's that one. <laughs> there's also the train across the African continent. Maybe that's maybe that train is part of this train because he wants the train to go to Europe, but evidently not the terrorists, you see. But I believe one of the reasons why Hamas struck when they did was they knew that I was working very closely with the Saudis and others in the region to bring peace to the region by having recognition of Israel and Israel's right to exist. You may recall when we did the G20 about a little while ago, I was able to get a resolution, a, a, a statement passed through there saying we're going to build a railroad from Riyadh all the way through the Middle East into, into Saudi Arabia, Israel, etc., and all the way up to Europe. Not the not the railroad, but it would be an underground pipeline and then railroad. And then the the whole idea is there's overwhelming interest, and I think most Arab nations know it. <laughs> so oh. we can have peace in the Middle East, the long-awaited biblical peace in the Middle East, if Biden just announces if, if he's not going to build the train. If we could just <laughs> yeah. build the train and the pipeline, not the train, but also the train, too, ultimately. This yeah. guy, this guy's off his rocker. And yes, <laughs> if we're going to talk about great moments in Biden train history, we can't forget uh, the train across the Indian Ocean. Well, we're going to win and we're going to help. We have plans to build a railroad from the Pacific all the way across the Indian Ocean. We have plans to build in, 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 in Angola, one of the largest solar plants in the world. I can go on, but I'm not. I'm going off script. I'm going to get in trouble. Yesterday, I learned the difference between a train and a boat. I wrote this song before that. Train on the water, boat on the track. Train on the water, boat on the track. My lady took a train across the Atlantic. I hope it don't sink like the Titanic. I went to the station, caught a boat downtown. I hope it don't fall off the track and I drown. What? What are they going to be shipping in this train that's going to bring Middle Eastern peace and can make it safely across the Indian Ocean? Like, I want to I want to see Biden's train plans. What kind of train does he think that this is? What kind of train has he ever ridden on? Of course, he talks about all the time having traversed. What was it? What's he What's that figure he shoots out? Something like a million miles on the train. So oh, I traveled over a million miles on the train. Of course, you know, nothing close close to that. He's, he's shot out different figures too at different times point being 
What kind of train does Joe Biden think is going to unite the Middle East? This just... <sighs> yes, Carl, it is laughable. It is it is completely laughable. But that's, that's the executive. That is who many people uh, are putting their chips behind. And to this day, I still run into people who say that they would rather support Joe Biden for another term than vote for Donald Trump. We'll actually be playing you a soundbite of one such individual um, who's an elected member of the U.S. government uh, making that claim. But it's not just him. It's not just him. It's also people right here in the state of Indiana. I know I know that's probably an unpopular sentiment, uh, but it's true. It's true. I've talked with them, people who would still to this day rather support Joe Biden than Donald Trump because of the personality conflicts. And these these ineptitudes are frankly frightening because it's not just laughable. Um, it actually does endanger us on a national security level. We've seen that with the disastrous withdrawal from Afghanistan, the uh, United States lives that were uh, uh, tragically taken away in the Kabul airport airport attack. Uh, we see ongoing strikes now. Now, um, in the uh, Israeli-Hamas uh, conflict in the Gaza Strip, American forces also being attacked by Iranian-led proxy groups, more than 66 casualties just since October. So it very, there is a very real stake here with Biden at the leadership helm, and it endangers lives. The, the southern border, the very porous southern border, where there have been thousands of gotaways, including terrorists, that the government has no ability to track. Um, and then also <laughs> you have Joe Biden fostering some of the stupidest uh, political opinions uh, in the wing of Democrats. These purple haired uh, LGBTQ uh, for uh, uh, Palestine. Yeah, that was called out by, let's see, uh, Ayan Hirsi Ali. She's a Somali born Dutch American activist, a former politician, and she regularly protests for uh, increased freedom, uh, self-autonomy for Middle Eastern women and rightly as a Somali American calling out the sheer lunacy of such a position. The experience of ISIS is not so long ago. The Islamic Republic of Iran is in place. Hamas was actually governing Gaza. And what were they doing to homosexuals? I don't think that they've gone so far as to call them by the acronym LGBTQ and queers and the rest of it. They're not that sophisticated in it. But they throw them from tall buildings. Families, if you're a Muslim family and within your family there's someone who is suspected of being gay, it's the obligation of the family to commit an honor killing. So it doesn't even go as far as the government and tribunals and trials. But when that happens, it's done quite publicly and it's done in the most gruesome fashion. So queers for Palestine, I think, is another manifestation of how our society is really becoming stupid. <laughs> yeah. Now, call me car crazy, producer Carl, but if you've got a culture that will gleefully throw people off of cranes and hang them by the neck until dead, I don't think you're going to get Middle Eastern peace by just building a train across the desert. Not going to happen. Yeah, where's that clip about uh, mental illness is a political? <laughs> God, yeah. yeah, I got that in the stack. We've we've heard it plenty, and I'm sure there will be more opportunity to play exactly that because it's illustrated so well. I'm glad somebody on the left had uh, 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 the brief clarity to point out the obvious. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, and feel free to hop in the chat because coming up next, I'm going to have to 
uh, get down to the nitty gritty on this story and see if this is usual normal behavior for a sports football game. You know, I'm I'm somewhat uninitiated in that, but evidently uh, the fans got boo- or uh, got chided by a coach, and we'll tell you what happened coming up next on Saturday night on the Circle. is Saturday night on The Circle on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to Saturday night on The Circle. There's a time to sow, a time to reap, a time to be joyous, and a time to be outraged, which evidently this coach was at the fans of the game who were in attendance. This is uh, this is something I don't really watch about. This is the Spurs coach, uh, Greg Popovich. He grabbed the arena mic and scolded fans for chewing out and booing this uh, uh, basketball player, sports ball, uh, Kawhi Leonard, mid-game. Now, producer Carl, are you much of a sports fan? Do you watch the sports get ball? I used to, you but used to. it takes a lot of your time. Right, What and what a waste of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but maybe some sports football fans can help me out uh, and hop in the comments and let me know if this is something you see very often because even the sports football commentators seem to be taken aback when he just seizes the microphone and begins scolding the fans. Excuse me for a second. Pops on can the mic. stop all the boo and let these guys play? It's our whole class. It's not who we are. Knock off the boy. Pop telling the fans to lay off Kawhi Leonard. But that's not San Antonio. Well, I don't believe I've ever seen that. Boo this man! this we don't pay the coach for uh to take cheap shots of the peanut gallery like booing as far as i know is very much part of the reactive experience in the sports get ball arena it's like not who we we are like what is he gonna say that when they cheer yeah. if you can cheer you should be allowed to boo like yeah. there's the ups and there's the downs you know and sometimes people make a bad call sometimes people make a bad play and, and you should it's, be able to react it's like, part of the fun you're paying good money yeah. too very good money yes Cheap. Well, how much? How much is a sports ball ticket these days? Oh my is it goodness! Like I mean, no more than a hundred. Are you no. sinking more than a hundred bucks on one of these stupid things? I mean, no, not that much. But nosebleed seats are like fifty here here in Indianapolis. Okay. So yeah, I for mean, for like a, a high school game or, or no, is this for, for the pros? So okay. The Spurs are the pros. Right. So Pacers game, you're spending so anywhere from fifty I'm, to. If I'm spending major coin yeah. i'm gonna boo yes yes you pay for the right this is a similar contention that i had with uh, uh some professors at university who'd get real persnickety about how you were meant to attend uh their classes and if you skipped out on a class or an assignment and they'd kind of turn up your nose i'm sorry sir i'm paying your salary i'm sorry sir i'm the one who well actually it was dad who was uh paying Uh, paying the bill for college but that said you know like i will utilize this time that is being spent however i wish because it's not it's not your money um so if i want to skip out on the assignment i will if i want to skip out on a day of attendance i will and if i fail whose fault is that my own of course i didn't because i was smart enough cookie to uh, do well on other tests i didn't have to i attended enough other classes and i did well on my uh, uh, uh uh quizzes 
So it, it wasn't a regular thing. But point being, much like people who are paying good money to sit in attendance in the uh, audience of a sports ball arena, they can do what they want. You know, as long as you're not throwing a chair at the players, you can't do that. But, you know, booing, applauding, it's very much very much part of the game, as far as I as far as I have uh, been led to understand. And during the riots in 2020, Popovich was like down with all of the riots that were going down. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, so he doesn't like booing? Yeah, well, but, but but he does like it when his uh, city is torn apart and torched. But yeah. that, yeah, okay. We, we, we could just toss aside anything he has to say. Not worthy of consideration. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. Of course, we've got a lot more content to come in the next hour. want you to stay tuned because we've got a couple of exciting conversations with fantastic guests, including Brian Baker. Uh, he's the gentleman from Georgia, the stuntman extraordinaire. He's going to help update us on the current state of Hollywood now that the longest running actor strike has come to an end and is the industry finally reviving itself what about the ground level workers you know the the key grips the gaff tapers the stuntmen the people behind the scene the uh, uh caterers uh the people that run the uh the ta- catering table all the behind the scenes workers that were most adversely affected how are they doing since the strike has ended and hollywood presumably has started to revive itself also we're going to have newsman donnie come into the studio and he's going to share with us a little known post thanksgiving holiday event that could be causing trouble for you and more importantly for your sewer system don't miss these incredible stories coming up in the second hour of saturday night on the circle. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night on the Circle podcast. Be sure to catch us live every Saturday night from 7 to 9 Eastern on 93 WIBC Indianapolis and watch us on the YouTube live stream where you can comment live with other fans. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. is Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIBC. Welcome back to Saturday Night on the Circle, where in this segment I'll be asking the question, at what point does the administration become complicit in the attacks happening on American troops overseas? And I don't ask that question lightly, but rather based on the continued actions of the Biden administration, which seems to almost purposefully, if not, you know, at least ineptly imperil the lives of American soldiers. Like this is this is a problem, especially when it comes to these Iranian backed proxy groups, because we've played the tapes. I mean, I don't know if I need to go back and fetch this, but I know I have it in the stack of John Kirby admitting that without Iran, there is no Hamas. And they understand Iran is the entity which is funding a lot of these terrorist groups and bad actors in the Middle East. And in spite of that, they have unlocked 
billions of dollars in trade for Iran, freeing up money for them to use against Americans and against Israeli citizens. So what point does the administration become complicit in the attacks against U.S. personnel? Because just since mid-October, um, this according to the uh, Deputy Pentagon Press Secretary, Sabrina Singh, U.S. troops have been attacked more than 66 times. And since I know you'll ask, U.S. forces have been attacked approximately 66 times since October 17th, 32 separate times in Iraq, and 34 wow. separate times in Syria. U.S. personnel have sustained approximately 62 injuries, but this does not include any injuries from last night's attack as they are still being evaluated. Oh, but don't worry, says Sabrina Singh, because at least these attacks don't happen every day. And you pointed out that there have been 66 attacks by Iranian-backed yeah. militia groups on U.S. Co coalition forces since yeah. October 17th. Why aren't these U.S. counterstrikes working as a deterrence strategy? Well, you know, I would push back on that. I know, I know 66 is a high number, but again, we have days sometimes where we don't have attacks. So is it, it like, would you say that the strategy is not working if one day goes by where there's not an attack on U.S. forces? Stop it! Stop it! Please! I beg you! that I mean I would hate to be one of those troops stationed overseas and then turn on my American military TV channel and then oh crap that's the deputy Pentagon press secretary tell well at least the attacks don't happen every day so it's working producer Carl what the administration is doing yeah Hawk said she should use this strategy and say hey there's not a murder every day <laughs> well that's basically what he yeah, said you yeah. know well it's down from the record high yeah. you know it's it's still right. Significantly Rest. higher it was than uh, uh, it was just five years ago, but it's progress. <laughs> oh man, talk about uh, the spin! I mean, but again. At what point is the administration actually culpable in the attack? Because I don't, you know, obviously Biden is not launching these attacks against the American troops, but he is helping fund the entities that are. And by releasing billions of dollars in trade for Iran, oh, well, we're just uh, doing it for humanitarian purposes, says the government. Uh, Bullcrap. You're freeing up assets for Iran to use in a military way that endangers the lives of our troops, priority number one, and then also the lives of our allies, the Israeli citizens. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, goodness knows what's been given to Hamas in exchange for these hostages. Yeah, and none of them are Americans, right? <laughs> no, not yet. Yeah, no, uh, just just Israeli. But I mean, look, we'll celebrate and be thankful for any lives that are saved. Uh, but but again, look at, and you could tell a lot by the kind of hostages that are being exchanged, where like the Palestinian hostages that were exchanged were all military-aged males. They're all killers. And then, right, yeah. and, then the, and then the Gaza hostages taken by Hamas. Like, Hamas were all like children. women and children. Yeah. yeah, that that tells you vol volumes. And those are the people that Biden administration is uh, uh, surreptitiously uh, funding by releasing tens of billions of dollars to Iran. And Chris Coons, uh, Biden administration uh, official running his campaign, says that Biden is doing great on the economy. He is uh, doing great when it comes to foreign affairs. Um, it, it Everything's on the up and up. President Biden, frankly, is doing what he should do, focusing on leading and on governing, putting us in a stronger place on the world stage, deterring Iran, deterring Putin, standing by our close allies, and then here at home, delivering the results that we've already gotten done. Now that's comedy. 
He is certainly not doing any favors to American troops. In fact, he's endangering their lives, let alone the disastrous effects of his economic policy uh, here at home, where even Indiana farmers are having to deal with the disastrous uh, impact of Biden inflation. This is uh, Indiana farmer Greg uh, Gunthorpe reporting for uh, CBS News. Greg Gunthorpe says inflation just won't quit, hitting the farm's bottom line. Oh, inflation is drastically impacted, uh, you know, our cost of production. Small uh, family farms have a difficult time figuring out where we fit in in the future in this with all of this inflation. I can't begin to tell you how vital the next election is. And I'm not going to pretend, oh, this is the most important election in American history. No, no, no. We're not going to over-exaggerate things. But it is incredibly vital for your well-being, at least in the near future, in the next four years. Because I don't think anybody can at least honestly say that they are better off now than they were four years ago with President Trump still in office. Uh, And, you know, the inflation and uh, the foreign policy are really just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the disastrous failures of Joe Biden. Thanks for listening to Saturday Night on The Circle. We've got a lot more to cover, including special guests coming up next. Donnie Burgess to tell us about the fallout from our Thanksgiving holiday. I'm sure you won't want to miss his tips in the next segment. And that I see the darkness. And that I see the darkness. And that I You're listening to Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIPC. Did you know how much I love you? Here's a hope that somehow you can save from this darkness. Welcome back to Saturday Night on The Circle. I'm your host, Ethan Hatcher, your square peg in this round world. Catch the podcast uploaded to WIBC.com and SaturdayNightOnTheCircle.Fireside.FM. And don't forget to hop in the comments while we're streaming live on the YouTube machine. Many people flocked to grab fantastic deals for Black Friday, but there were also soldiers sent to the front lines of another less widely known holiday event unfolding simply called Brown Friday, the day after Thanksgiving when our nation's toilets are punished by the glut the success of the entire country and tasking its plumbers to deal with the fallout in the process. Here to give his investigative insights into this post-Thanksgiving strain on our sewers is the up-and-coming newsman and award-winning investigative reporter for the WIBC News Department, the cunningly intelligent and dashingly handsome reporter Donnie Burgess joins the show. Thank you for coming on the program, sir. Thank you for having me back. It's been a long journey from producer to newsman. I know, you know, and you have moved on to greener pastures. I'm so happy to see what you've done in your role of the news department, your most recent contribution, or one of the most recent contributions, being that absolutely phenomenal uh, Bob Ross documentary. Loved that, man. Good stuff. Thank you. And you know, you say greener pastures. Over the course of this segment, we may explore some browner pastures. Oh, but um, I appreciate that segue. And with that, we'll also play... When you're sliding into first and you're feeling something versus diarrhea, diarrhea. (laughs) When you're sliding into third and you juice it turn. Where'd you learn that song? Last summer at camp. Ah, that was money well spent. Brown Friday. Oh, that was amazing. (laughs) That audio there. So tell us more about this, Donnie. I I, I mean, it makes makes so much sense, but I can't say that I've ever heard this. Where did you come up with this story? So, um... 
You know, sometimes the process of uh, creating a story from start to finish is as simple as taking an email from the inbox and just being willing to hit reply. Sure. So Yelp.com reached out and said, uh, here is Brown Friday. Here's what you need to know about it. And here are the top cities (laughs) that it affects. And in big, bold letters, I saw Indianapolis. We made the list! We were there. (laughs) Where were we? Number four. Number four. Now, so we're going to get into it. I saw that, and I'm like, you know what? It's it's time. It's time to put everything I've learned over the years into practice. So I hit reply, got the interview, do the interview. And so what we discussed was the concept that Yelp.com calls Brown Friday. Sure. Brown sure. Friday, and they get really scientific with this. Brown Friday is the seven-day period before Thanksgiving and after Thanksgiving in which they compare the, the uh, heavily sought-through data of plumber searches right on yelp.com right they compare it from that time period to the rest of the entire year and during that time frame there's a spike se- seven days before thanksgiving and seven days after indianapolis itself goes through a 21 percent increase in emergency calls to the plumber oh, we need that's some incredible. help and basically and it's exactly what you think it is it's backups in the drains. Sure. It's clogged sinks. It's um, just every every bit of uh, problematic plumbing you can expect from such a heavy food kind of Well, you said area. that this started as early as seven days before Thanksgiving as well, so it sounds like people are also doing the prep work, the leg work going into this to make sure that the family can utilize the facilities with comfort and ease, and if you've had some back, you know, problems with backing up pipes, sure, you're going to want to take care of that before the family comes over. Like This this makes all the sense in the world. I just never considered it, and and better yet, uh, uh, not producer Donnie, newsman Donnie. Oh, man. <laughs> Muscle memory there. Uh-huh. Um, I was actually um, first-hand experience of Brown Friday because yesterday when I went into work, uh, you know, come in on Black Friday, I checked my office phone, and for the listeners who are just coming into the the show, I own several properties on the east side of Indianapolis. I do rentals, and sometimes that requires us doing maintenance, and I had my own Brown Friday after Thanksgiving. One of the uh, the toilets was backing up. It was like backing up into the back. Bathtub. Um, we had to do, sna- you know, like uh, undo the plumbing, snake. I mean, it was a whole whole mess. So and I see, mean, that's like- where that's where the expertise at Yelp.com. That's where they come in and inform people of, you know, that it's more than just what you dispose of in the toilet. It's also the days of preparation that go into preparing food, and also the increase of uh, guests that come to the house before and after Thanksgiving. It's more than just uh, a funny bathroom experience sure. it's the actual um process of cooking and it's sometimes the uh misuse of the sink um just put too much food in the drain and that stuff like that can cause it yeah so you were you were talking with yelp and they gave you some preventative tips for what you can proactively do avoiding some of these clogs because there's like basic things that people do i don't think they think about you you mentioned uh, uh, improper food disposal like big chunks especially non-biodegradable 
chunks or bones, those don't go in the sink. Those go in the trash can or your composting pile if you happen to have one of those. Um, what are some other things people can do to avoid clogging their pipes? Well, one thing that may sound um, like a duh moment mm-hmm. is yeah. um, getting regular checks of your pipes, the pipe systems, but it's something that a younger homeowner or a younger person who is just renting something they may not think about. Uh, regular checkups of the pipes to make sure there's nothing weird going on. Maybe it's an older pipe system that needs a little touch-up, something like that, right? And and when we say checks, the, look, as, as a property owner myself, this is stuff that you can do yourself. If you look under the sink, usually those little S-traps, those are very easy to undo with some uh, PVC washers. Just unhook that and then tap it out. Just tap, tap, tap. Tap out some of that grease, some of the hair, some of the gunk. It's designed to catch that in the trap so that way you avoid getting it clogged further down the line. So, yeah. that that Also, I saw uh, Yelp mentioning what you shouldn't be putting down your pipes. Yeah, like um, just a lot of heavy, greasy foods and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're if you're going to attempt to try and like use at least use like some sort of strainer to kind of like let the little bits of crumbs and things that a pipe system can handle let that go through, but it'll catch all those big chunks. But another thing to remember, since as this is airing, we are still in the Brown Friday period. <laughs> is also weather. Weather as the temperature drops, as the and especially here in Indiana, we all understand this weather system can change like that. And so oh, yeah, we live in Indiana. We know that, that. <laughs> that has a serious effect on the conditions of the pipes. If especially as the temperature drops, they advise, you know, leave it drip just a little bit sometimes, you know, overnight to make sure that system doesn't freeze up because once it freezes up, well, now you've got you've got more than brown Friday. There's going to be a lot of colors coming out. And then also, if you've seen those packages where they say flushable wipes, Liar! No such thing. Those aren't flushable. Yes, you can You can physically flush them into the toilet. It's just inadvisable because they get caught, especially on like older plumbing systems, your cast iron pipe stuff with like rust protrusions. It's going to grab onto that and then accumulate. If anything, it's a magnet for other substances like your greases, Donnie was just mentioning, and they attract to those flushable wipes and then will clog your lines and you have to get it completely snaked in order to fix the problem, or it'll accumulate in your uh, septic tank and then create what's known as a fat burn. And that's pretty disgusting. And what happens in your septic tank can happen on a larger scale to the tune of multi-ton <laughs> fat bergs of grease and wipes that clog entire sewer systems in the country. This is something that happened in London a couple of years ago, where they hauled away a three, I think it was a three-ton fat berg out of the London sewer. So when it says flushable wipes, just remember those people are Liars! I feel like I'm experiencing someone who has seen the dark side of this particular time period oh, yeah, right no, now. No, I've, I've experienced the horrors. And I mean, yesterday, like I said, we were all over it, having to clean the pipes. And I have the, the world's best handyman, AJ and Bill. They help me take care of all the properties. They go through a lot, you know. And I, I sympathize with the homeowners who are then tasked to, you know, pay what oftentimes are much more expensive uh, plumbers to have to deal with this problem. That's why you need to pay attention to the proactive steps, so that way you can avoid these multi-hundred-dollar plumbing bills. (laughs) Now, of course, would you like to hear the uh, cities around Indianapolis that made the top five? Yes, let's finish that up. So, number five, Jacksonville, Florida. And then number four, of course, is where Indianapolis found its home. Number three, Raleigh, North Carolina. 
And then number two, Virginia Beach, Virginia. And number one, Portland, Oregon. Oh, I should have figured. It's a bunch of hippies. They're munching on quinoa, another high-fiber <laughs> diet. So, you know, that's just going to go right through the system. That makes perfect sense, Portland, Oregon. So, uh, those <laughs> are your top five party poopers. No pun intended. Ah, pun intended. <laughs> uh, Newsman Donnie, thanks for coming on the show and talking about this. I, I mean, that, that was something I hadn't considered. But I really liked your insights into that, into the Brown Friday uh, spectacle. Whether it's Brown Friday or any other topic, I am a phone call away anytime. Uh, call the WIBC News Department for tips, indeed. Absolutely. And stay tuned to Saturday night on The Circle, 93 WIBC. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night on the Circle podcast. Be sure to catch us live every Saturday night from 7 to 9 Eastern on 93 WIBC Indianapolis and watch us on the YouTube live stream where you can comment live with other fans. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Listening to Saturday Night on the Circle on 93 WIPC. Welcome back to Saturday Night on the Circle. I'm your Bohemian Codger, Ethan Hatcher. Find the podcast uploaded to WIBC.com and Saturday Night on the Circle.fireside.fm. Plus, hop in the chat while we're streaming live every Saturday night on the YouTube machine. Months of debate between the writers, actors, and studio executives ground the Hollywood machine to a halt, sending dozens of productions into a death spiral with thousands of behind-the-scenes set workers, caterers, and key grips to the breadlines while the Hollywood upper echelon sat on their hands in an elitist stalemate. Finally, this cataclysmic conflict was resolved, but has the Hollywood machine fully re- uh, revived itself? Here to help answer this question is the dashing, daring stuntman of the silver screen and broadcaster writer extraordinaire he's the death-defying quick-witted and hard-working man of many talents the breathtaking brian baker joins the show once again <laughs> welcome back sir i'm happy to have you on the program oh, thank you i am glad to be back man i'm telling you i've been like we've had a hard time we were going to do this a couple of weeks ago and i've been so sick lately uh, but I'm finally feeling a little bit better here. I've almost got my voice back, and uh, much to the chagrin of, uh, of most that know me really well. But um, and, and what a treat to talk to you, Ethan, because believe it or not, at this very moment, I am southbound on I-75, just uh, zooming through the fine state of Tennessee. I've got Theodore Bear Esquire at my side Aww. and uh, got my Diet Coke. So I'm uh, I'm good to go, man. I'm ready and uh, raring to go and talk about Hollywood. Can I just talk about first? Uh, Screw Hollywood. Theodore Bear Esquire. He's the star of the show. What a loyal doggo, man. I love your exploits with that furry friend. He's such a photogenic pup. And usually, I mean, you know, I'm a cat man. I love cats, but your doggo is the best. I love Teddy Esquire. He's awesome. Yeah, you know, and, and 
uh, I'll tell you, it's a funny thing. I think Abdul was the only one who ever understood, like, the Esquire caught the joke with me putting Esquire at the end. Because, uh, of course, Abdul's a lawyer. But um, we got him from a really sweet family in Indiana, and um, he was sort of the, uh, you know, most people, they got the rent of the litter. This was the guy that was, like, eating all the food and, and was kind of bossing everybody around. I thought, sure. that's my pup. And he has been a really great loyal dog, but he's a strange mix. He's a beagle and a golden retriever with a little bit of Australian shepherd in him. And I've never had a dog quite like this before. He's very attached to people. He wants sure. to sleep in bed. And he wants to sleep under the covers, too, which is really odd. I've never known a dog to do that. But, um, yeah, he's he's a good loyal pup, and I've taken him uh, on quite a few trips with me. He just sits here and rides shotgun and does his best to navigate. Well, I mean, beagle, retriever, and shepherd sounds like you've got a hell of a loyal mix. That's got to be one great dog, man. You did well. Yeah, yeah. The downside is they've got a heck of a lot of energy. Sure. <laughs> well, speaking of energy, I'm sure whom you are non too plussed with is Fran Drescher, who has kept oh. this deal from being reached for months. Tina, didn't the little Chinese man tell you not to feed him after midnight? Oh, come on, Lois. He's so cute. And he's hungry. What could happen? <laughs> Hello, I'm Fran Drescher. <laughs> ah, kill it, kill it! <laughs> oh, man, what a perfect clip, and that is exactly how I feel about the nanny. She is just awful, awful. And this entire strike feels like it has been for nothing, Ethan, because in the end, the thing that they were most determined to make progress on and to protect all of their members from, they failed miserably. And I'm speaking, of course, about AI protection. They completely screwed the boots on this. No big surprise. They did that on the last contract. But here they dragged this thing out for months and months and months. And guess what? The writers screwed up, too. The WGA screwed up on it as well. So, I mean, we have idiots in leadership, both at the Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild, but then why not? You know, we have leaders that are idiots in Washington and, and our, our individual states, so why not just have morons in entertainment, too? Because I don't know if you're aware of this or not, Ethan, folks in the entertainment industry not generally thought of as great thinkers. Oh, and, and I feel so bad for people like you who are the actual bread and brother of these productions, the key great the gaff tapers, the people who put the sets together. Like, yeah, they get the smallest of credits in the ultimate production, but you're the folks who make these movies happen. And it was the upper echelon that was sitting on their hands. And then finally, you got folks like George Clooney who were squirming and saying, like, look, no, we'll pay. We'll pay the down-to-earth people just to come back to work. Please, Fran, sign a deal. And, and they didn't even get the meagerest of concerns sessions, ultimately screwing themselves over, and the deal only extends for the next three years. So what was this? This was the longest strike in Hollywood history. You've potentially set the industry back by not only months, but at least a year, and giving other industries like India and South Korea, which are starting to be dominant players in the field, like more of a breathing head start. I don't think Fran understands what you're doing, which speaks, or what, what she's doing, which speaks to your point, that yes, you don't have brainiacs who are running the unions 
happens in Hollywood, and I just feel bad for you workers who are actually left to deal with the fallout. This is miserable, man. Well, I'll tell you, though, I mean, and, and here's just an, an honest perspective, because I, you know, I play in the world of Hollywood, but I try to not think of myself as Hollywood, um, you know, because I didn't lose my conservative values, nor did I uh, sacrifice my intelligence when I started to play in that world. And the truth is, man, that, um, you know, AI is, and, and anything with technology, it's changing every every single industry. It's changing broadcasting. It's changing entertainment. It's changing folks that earn their living as coders or website builders. I mean, there's not an industry that I can think of that it's not going to touch. But what is frustrating about what's happened in the entertainment field is they come at this thing and they have all the, the big demands that are, quite frankly, unrealistic just based on the economics that Hollywood is dealing with now and all the various platforms that you can go and consume content. It's not just movie theaters and three cable or uh, three networks anymore. It's cable channels. It's the Internet. It's streamers. It's YouTube. There are just so many different places that you can go and consume content. So the audience is dispersed. That means the dollars are dispersed. You're not pulling the kind of audiences that you used to. So the money is not there like it used to be. And as a consequence, folks that were used to getting really fat residual checks for years and years as actors, as directors, as writers, well, they're not seeing the kinds of dollars that they used to. And in the past, some people, actors, half your income was just residual payments every single year. So when the streamers came along, man, I mean, that really changed the game dramatically. So what's happened with this new contract is they're actually very excited because streamers are now going to pay a bonus if 20% of their uh, subscriber base consumes uh, the uh, the show that they put up on these uh, on these streamers, be it Netflix, Hulu, right. Amazon, within the first 90 days. After that, you're done. So these networks, I mean, you understand technology. Most people do. There's a lot of ways around that. You can throttle it. You can you can essentially uh, just kind of bury it uh, based on, on the algorithms, bury the content for 89 days, and then all of a sudden it pops, and hey, these streamers have a hit on their hands, and they don't have to pay a dime extra to anybody that worked on it. So there's that factor. But then the other thing that they're really excited about is they're, they're pushing how they've got all these great protections for AI, and they're going to be revisiting it every six months or so. Here's the reality on AI, Ethan. They haven't given us any protections at all because they have a situation set up where actors can now come in and they can elect to get fully scanned. Instead of having a stunt double, they can have a digital double instead and get paid extra money for that. So that cuts <laughs> out the stunt people. And then they also are able to grant consent to have their likeness utilized in future productions. And of course, there's this this little like caveat that, okay, you have to grant consent, but the way these AI algorithms and, and the systems work is they will actually look at, at previous content, acting performances, and they learn from that. You know, it's like programming it. So you can create a completely synthetic person, and unless you've got some lawyer out there that can say, hey, that's my ear or those are my lips, you're going to have a very hard time going against these studios. So this is continuing to expand. And here's the really interesting thing. 
background actors, I think, are probably done in the next couple of years, but they got a pay bump in this contract. And since the majority of people that are voting in SAG are just working as extras, they see this as a big win for them. But the smart people that realize, oh, my gosh, if we have synthetic actors, if we have scripts that are being written by AI, if we're able to do all of this inside a computer, that means I don't need a grip. I don't need a driver to, to haul all the gear to the, to the site. I don't need anybody to be a, a key grip. I don't need anyone to do lighting. I don't need a director. I don't need any of that anymore because now it is all contained in a system where they're able to just crank content out all day long with no problem. And you don't have to pay any of the, the traditional people that are on a crew like you did in the past. You just eliminate that cost. Well, what do you think about the idea that technology isn't sufficient to the task of replicating those stakes because I think we've seen the illustration of diminishing returns in the Star Wars universe, in the Star Trek universe, um, in the Indiana Jones universe, whether it's things like Andor or Indiana Jones 5 or the Marvels. There are incredibly diminishing returns on these products which overly rely on special effects and AI animation. And I'm just not sure that AI can be or ever will be up to the task of replicating the sort of stakes and gravitas that your stunt performers in the original Indiana Jones trilogy had to go through when they were maneuvering those motorbikes or dragging themselves on the desert sand. Like, you don't have to account for physics in a computer when it's actually being replicated in real life. And it's that authenticity, that tangibility, which older cinema used to deliver and newer audiences are drawn back to experience for themselves that I don't think can ever be replicated fully by AI. And that's the question I kind of wanted to pose to you. Do you think Hollywood will ultimately learn their lesson from this? I hear your trepidation, and ultimately you think they're going to be shifting more towards this computer uh, computer animation. But I'm just looking at the box office returns, and from my layman's perspective, it doesn't seem like that's the direction that's ultimately going to be profitable for Hollywood. Like, they can thirst for the computer all they all they want and it may work for a few productions but it's authenticity that it seems like the modern audience is thirsting for and it's that which hollywood is continuing to deny them am i wrong well i i i I would say yes and no i mean here's what i'll say about ai i think ai it's very different from from cgi when i mean for a while you remember like i think independence day i remember when that came along and they had these spectacular special effects and everybody was just enamored with it but then over time things moved back to practical stunts and practical filmmaking. The thing about AI is that it's looking at all of these past performances and it's it's making these calculations and that's how it's learning. And AI at this point, like it's as bad as it's ever going to be at replicating an actor's performance today. So it's going to continue to get better and better. With that said, I think that there's going to be a split. I think you will always have films that are made by the streamers or the producers and they're going to go, you know what? We can create background actors. We can create background drivers. We don't really need actual people in order to replicate that. Okay, maybe we'll have our main actors because I do think there's something that's just inherent in humans. We want to watch and connect with real people versus a synthetic person. But, you know, background, nobody really cares about that. But there are AI film festivals that are already taking place right now. You're going to see a lot of tech startups that are going to embrace this technology and create content. And it may not be on the main platforms like Netflix or, or Amazon, but yeah, there's YouTube and there'll be other platforms as well where I think they're going 
to embrace creating this kind of content, and there'll probably be a split, and you'll have you know traditional filmmakers, and uh, then you'll you'll have folks that are embracing this technology and the AI, and it'll just be you know another uh, another place where you can go and you can consume content. I think in the short term, though, what's going to happen is everyone's going to be enamored with some of the really cool things you can do, like say, hey, put me in the Die Hard movie, make put my face on John McClane, and that'll be this really <laughs> exciting thing that everyone will be into for about six months and then the novelty of it will wear off and you know hopefully in the long run story and authenticity will win out i don't know if it'll go that way or not but um because the audience has to be clever enough to be able to tell the difference and i i hope that they are i mean i i really do man i think so um, but um it, i think the number of jobs are going to diminish greatly and there'll be fewer opportunities but um who knows maybe maybe there'll be little disclaimers at the front of, of movies and they'll use it as a marketing effort um this was made by real people there's no AI involved in the filmmaking process at all. I'd like to see that. I think you're right, man. And if that's the way that we can like, hopefully encapsulate this uh, segment with a silver lining, I do think you're correct that audiences thirst for authenticity. And ultimately, it's the classic filmmakers who will be able to deliver that with your physical stunts and your traditional props. And maybe even blending in, of course, because cinema is a constantly evolving medium, elements of AI and, uh, you know, CG, that's fine, but but you, you ultimately will have to still rest on those classic elements of artistry, I think, to draw the offices or uh, box office uh, numbers. So. Unfortunately, man, we're running rapidly out of time, so we got to cap it off there. But Brian Baker, it's been fantastic as always having you on the show, man. It, it, it's a pleasure as always. Thank you, Ethan. I always enjoy it. My favorite show to come on, and I appreciate you having me, man. You're a national treasure. Stay tuned to Saturday <laughs> Night on the Circle on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Saturday night on The Circle on 93 WIPC. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, where we're wrapping things up on a Saturday night. If you missed a moment of the show, make sure to find my podcast uploaded to WIBC.com and Saturday night on The Circle.Fireside.FM. Producer Carl, he's been hard at work on the board this evening, beep, 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 pushing the buttons and doing the things to make the show function. And we appreciate his hard work as always. Always wrapping things up this evening. We're going to cover a uh, <laughs> rather unpopular milk toast Republican who tried and failed to achieve uh, the office of the presidency. I'm referring, of course, to the little black sheep Mittens, Mitt Romney uh, of Utah, Senator, who has declared for all to hear on CBS Evening News that he would sooner vote for a Democrat then he would support Donald Trump should he get the nomination. We knew Mittens was a never-Trumper, but my goodness, supporting Joe Biden, who he actually says is quite charming. Who do you like in the Republican field? Uh, anybody. 
Um, you know, I, I would uh, I'd be happy to support virtually any one of the Republicans, maybe not Vivek, but uh, but the others that are running would would be acceptable to me and I'd be happy to vote for them. I'd be happy to vote for a number of the Democrats, too. I mean, it would be an upgrade from, in my opinion, from uh, Donald Trump and and perhaps also from uh, Joe Biden. I, look, I like President Biden. Um, you know, I, I find him a very charming, engaging charming. person. There's some places I agree with him, but most places I disagree with him. Uh, I think he's made all sorts of terrible mistakes, but uh, I, I would like to see someone else run. Hey, I've had this call before. I'll bet you have. Okay, so he's he would rather support uh, Joe Biden than he would vote for Donald Trump. And look, I'm not telling you, you gotta vote for Donald Trump. If you truly object to his presidency that much, just leave it blank. Nobody says you had to fill it out. If they haven't earned your vote, then don't vote for them. But certainly don't go out of your way to support the opposition, especially if you have, as Mitt Romney claims, so many objections with their policy positions. But you'll support them before you support Donald Trump. You know, don't be ridiculous. And of course, there's always the third party option. I don't know. I may be exercising the third party option myself. A lot remains to be seen. But I certainly know that I must be doing something right when he, by name, calls that Vivek Ramaswamy, and it's Vivek rhymes with cake, not Vivek or whatever the hell Mitt Romney said. Mittens is not how you pronounce it. We know we know this by now. It's Vivek rhymes with cake. He said it. He said it multiple times. Um, so if Mittens doesn't enjoy Vivek, then clearly I must be making you know at least a semi good selection. Would you agree, Producer Carl? I mean, if Mitt Romney doesn't like that Republican, then that Republican must be at least. Somewhat good. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's a reason why he's not rerunning for uh, his Senate seat in Utah. Uh-huh. Drastically yeah. unpopular. And he knows he'd be chased out of office because of his milquetoast stance on many of these issues. So obviously, Mittens, yeah, sinking ship and then uh, throwing uh, uh, cheap shots from the peanut gallery on his way out. What a stinker. Uh, and, you know, says that he would rather vote for Joe Biden than support Donald Trump. Absolutely ridiculous. And no wonder Mitten's popularity is in the tank. Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, that's all the time we have. Thank you once again for listening to this edition of Saturday Night on the Circle. I will be out next week celebrating a, a follow-up Thanksgiving with friends. So we'll have a best of show, and producer Carl will, will uh, produce that, and you'll be in his very capable hands. In the meantime, I leave you with my parting words of wisdom. As always, wherever you are, whoever you're with, and whatever you're doing, remember that life is a state of mind, and I'll see you next week. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Saturday Night on the Circle podcast. Be sure to catch us live every Saturday night from 7 to 9 Eastern on 93 WIBC Indianapolis and watch us on the YouTube live stream where you can comment live with other fans.